Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, and with me, as always... Brandon Whitehair, guys. It's going to be a good one. We got a, a pretty awesome show for you guys lined up today. We're going to be covering the uh, the Ironman GNCC this past, that went on this past weekend. And uh, for the first time ever, we have a uh, special guest on the phone line with us to help, uh, help us go over the ATV side of it. Yeah, guys. Uh, welcome Josh Merritt to the show. GNCC Pro uh, number 11, Josh Merritt. Welcome, buddy. Hey, guys. How's it going? Not too bad, man. How about yourself? Not bad, just working away on this rainy day in Akron, Ohio. Yeah, man, so tell us about your weekend. How did it go? Oh, man, this weekend, Ironman, probably one of the best Ironmans we've probably ever had. Uh, conditions were perfect out there. It was a little chilly, but you got to expect that this time of the year. Went off the start, almost had the whole shot, just couldn't turn the bike and uh, swung wide and corner one i was the first one to the first corner but swung wide uh went into the woods about fourth place started uh battling with some guys john galata jr chris borage wesley wolf kind of battled with those guys all day until uh john galata got away probably the second or third lap second lap and uh me chris and wesley just went at it for probably a good three laps uh normally I'm riding by myself, and in between groups, there's like a. I would classify our our pro class into kind of two groups. We got like the top five, and then we got everybody else. And we're all normally you're battling in one of those groups. And uh, lately, as of lately, uh, I've been in the middle of those two groups, kind of riding by myself. So this weekend, kind of put up some challenges with uh, some battling. I'm not wasn't ready for that, and. Uh, it was actually exciting to do that. That's awesome. That's got to be a hard place to be in when, like, you're kind of in the middle of groups and trying to make your own pace pretty much and uh, not really having anybody to pace off of. So uh, I'm sure that was an awesome change to get to uh, to get to battle with some people this weekend. Yeah, it was definitely a good change of pace, like exactly what you said. When I'm riding by myself, I don't know if I'm going fast or if I'm going slow in a section. But this weekend, you could definitely tell where Chris or where Wesley was faster than I, than I was and where I was faster than them. I could pull away in a section, then the next section, they would come up on my bumper again. So it was, it was extremely fun and uh, ended up seventh for the day. Me and Wesley uh, couldn't catch, catch Chris Borge at the end. Uh, we were probably, I think it was 12 seconds down. And uh, me and him battled into the finish, and we actually – Touched a few times out there, uh, got a little close to each other and had a few choice words at the finish, but, uh, nice. normally, I yeah, normally I don't have too much confrontation in my racing cause I race by myself half the time, but this weekend, uh, me and uh, Wesley got together in the, probably with a lap and a half to go. And then, uh, probably three corners to go. He just, he ran into me. I mean, I left the inside a little open, and he tried to squeeze in there, and there was just not enough room. So we got together and uh, still finished right in front of him, and we had a few choice words after the race. Nothing too bad. It was uh, all good fun and just a good battle to the end. Nice, nice. Well, we I had heard um, – we were both watching the uh, Racer TV broadcast, and uh, we heard Ronnie Tomlin say that there was uh, – um, 
some pretty close racing towards the end of the finish with with you guys, but I didn't actually get to see what had happened. So that was pretty cool to uh, to hear what what happened between you guys. <laughs> yeah, Wesley always comes strong uh, at Ironman. The track is super fast, and it kind of suits his style, just being a motocrosser. And of course, they end the racetrack with a motocross track. So me being in front of him, knowing this is his strong suit, this is what he does. You know, every other weekend that he's not gncc racing uh i knew the pressure was going to be on and if i just hit my marks uh there was no way he was going to get by me but he definitely he went for it and you know i would have done the same exact thing so i can't blame him at all robin's racing right (laughs) yep so you've been uh uh battling pretty consistent up towards the front this year and you've been getting a lot of really good starts too so um do you credit your starts to uh your ability to stay up there with those guys and kind of put yourself in those positions towards for the uh for the end of the race it definitely makes it easier uh ryan smith at bnr motorsports he he has this program in my vortex right now with my engine package and all the you know all the add-ons that i have he has this thing starting so fast and I don't have the biggest engine out there, but man, that thing can get off the line and make my day a lot easier. Cause like, like you said, just getting out front, it, it does give you an advantage cause you can see that top five. You can see that pace for just that little bit longer. Cause I'm still not there yet, but hopefully by uh, next year I will be. And uh, it's just, it's pushing me during the week just to get closer and closer to those guys and just seeing lap times and whatnot. That's awesome to hear you talk about like next year and stuff, because, you know, as we're kind of watching, we're seeing that this, that this pro class is kind of getting pretty top heavy. There's a lot of guys that that can get up there and mix it up for wins and uh, podiums. And it's awesome to see you, uh, um, you know, talking about the future and putting yourself in a position to, to uh, want to, you know, take that next step and get up towards the podium positions. Yeah, and that's where I want to be. I, I've always told everybody if I won one, I would probably end up quitting. <laughs> just because, you know, that's the goal. If I if I can win one of these, I've dreamed and I've I've fought and I bleed just to do that one day. And if that happens, you know, I would probably quit on the day and say, "Look, I I want a win, or I quit a winner, I should say." And, uh, Go out on top. Huh? Nobody. Yep. Nobody was faster than me ever. You know, so. I would quit. <laughs> I, I, truly, I truly think that maybe sponsors would maybe fit, finish the year, but <laughs> just, just no, I think I would be done right after that. <laughs> I don't know, man. You've been trending up like this year, especially because, I mean, what has it been? Three straight years that you've been number 11, and uh, <laughs> it looks like that number is going to be a single digit going into 2021. Yeah, and uh, my, my lowest number is – ever has been number 10 i was number 10 and then i jumped up to number 11 and like you said last three years man lucky lucky number 11 (laughs) i can i can't i can't get off that number i don't know i went overseas and i got 11th place over there and like it's just like i can't get away from this number so i think putting in the work uh after i came home riding with cole richardson riding with kenny schick riding with walker fowler and michael mcavoy and all, all the BNR guys really uh, just kind of pushed me that extra little bit and motivated me to, you know, get through this, I would say, 
after break, I kind of turned it up and just really pushed in training to make me a better racer at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's kind of what we've seen too. Uh, looking at your results sheets is, um, uh, you had correct me if I'm wrong, but was it your two best, um, um, overall finishes back to back with a six and a fifth? Um, uh, is that your best overalls, uh, to this day? I've, I've had a couple of sixth overalls, Okay, but I've had a fifth in class. I've always gotten beat. It was, uh, I was getting sixth overall and fifth in the class and Cole Richardson was beating me from XC2. Okay. And then, uh, then until then this year, I actually got a fifth overall, which was my best overall and I got another six. So uh, yeah, it's been, I would say having a couple of those in one year with the competition and the top, like top six, seven guys, you could probably just throw the top 10 in there. You don't know who's going to be a top three, top five guy each day, each weekend. Yeah. Hey, Josh, I, I don't know if you listened to last week's show, but I, I was putting you up on the podium this week. I thought it was going to happen for you. <laughs> so to, to be honest with you guys, I, I wrecked at the, what was it? The second high point, which race was that? <laughs> What did they call it? Uh, right, the, the, the Mason-Dixon, right? Mason-Dixon. Yeah, the Mason-Dixon. So I wrecked hard, and uh, I bent my quad all up. I hurt myself, and I actually didn't even lift a finger the last two weeks. And I uh, thought I either cracked a rib or broke a couple ribs because if I try to lift my hand over my head or if I try to use any, like, ab muscles, I would. it felt like somebody was stabbing me. That's That's kind of how I was telling my mom, I was like, I can't pick up, you know, a gallon of milk, you know, that's how much pain I was in. So going into this race, I was just, I'm going to go finish. I love Ironman. I know it was super fast, but I couldn't ride. I couldn't train nothing. So I'm sorry for ruining your prediction. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm just glad to come out of there with a, you know, I got a seventh place and seventh overall i'll take that for not doing anything and uh i which is funny because that rate at the end of this gncc at iron man my ribs if i was like short of breath i couldn't really breathe that well and i was like i'm gonna be in so much pain i hope it's not gonna be another like two weeks and i don't know what happened but i don't know if they like went into place or whatnot but my ribs have healed probably twice as fast already since the race than it did in that two weeks i don't know if it's just because i went out and rode and did something maybe the act of recovery right i don't know but But, yeah it should be good for next round hopefully oh that's awesome that's awesome um now have you right when was the last race that gncc went to this uh cj raceway in west virginia we actually never GNCC okay. has never been there. Okay. It's, a, it's a local race. I don't know what series it is, but uh, I know a couple of GNCC pros and Pro-Am guys have told me about it, and uh, they've raced there. I know that's. Uh, I know that the, uh, the New East Coast series, which is kind of a local series for us, they kind of run in the northern West Virginia, uh, southern PA um, area, and I know that they've ran it before, but I've personally never been there either, but... 
Yeah, uh, what I've heard, Josh, is about it is right now there's uh, – I'm sure GNCC guys will go in and um, uh, make some new trails and stuff like that. But I'd say it's pretty beat up up there, pretty rough. Oh, great. Is it like a rocky rough or is it just – Yeah, you're going to get some rocks. You're going to get some rocks and, you know, the, the trails have been rode pretty good. They're usually one or two races up there a year. It's, just, um, it's not. It's not too far away from like. It's kind of in the same region of like the Mason Town area. So if that gives you any indication. <laughs> well, that might be good if it slows down the pace a little bit because it seemed like this weekend Wesley and Chris they could catch me in the faster sections, but once it got a little bit more technical, I don't know if my shocks were just set up for that and not the high speed stuff. But it seemed to excel in that harder section so maybe this will be good for me see brandon somebody else likes technical <laughs> stuff too uh see i'm <laughs> i just came out of basically uh, a six year of not six years of not riding and um um i don't like the high speed stuff anymore so i i, I like the the technical stuff the stuff that slows everybody else down well it's anybody else i'm complete opposite i don't like uh, the technical <laughs> stuff because I normally excel in the faster stuff, reasons why I went and raced Daytona motocross or supercross at that point, and I raced uh, motocross the year before that. So, And another reason why I get to go overseas and race over there is because I'm, I'm known for fast cornering and uh, kind of my technique on a motocross track. So I'm, I think maybe that I'm getting a little older. <laughs> I, I've been switching it up a little bit. I don't know, but I guess we'll, maybe we'll find the happy medium in both and be able to put her on the box a few times next year. That'd be awesome, man. I was going to say, Josh, down the fat, I, I go to fast tracks a lot and I see you out there riding. I usually stay and watch the quad run. And uh, so you're looking pretty good out there on the, on the GP course. And that, that course is pretty fast. So. Yeah. I love uh, me and Levi have been friends for, uh, I don't know, since I was 14, 15 years old, and uh, I'm 27 now. So I've been down to fast tracks a good handful of times. And every time I go down there, I Norm puts on a great race, and the track is – you. if you want to get faster at cornering, you go to fast tracks because you corner every three seconds. You are not switching – your body weight to each side of the quad and you're i mean it's it's amazing if you want to get fast you go to fast tracks <laughs> hey, hey that's what i've been telling uh rodney here i've been telling him i said hey i was like you you got to go to fast tracks i've been trying to get him out there all week uh, or all year uh because it's uh like i keep telling like you said it's fast it'll help you on your open field sections a lot and your quartering and it's a great place to go <laughs> yeah it really is yeah so um so as far as your career has gone, um, do you feel like this this year, uh, as far as, you know, at right now you're eighth in points, and it looks like you got that locked up pretty well going into the last race. Um, does that add more fuel to your fire going into 2021? Um, are you looking for more, you know, that confidence that you're bringing coming in um, to 2021, you know, consistently being in that top ten towards the top five mix, uh, um, how do you think that's going to affect your off season? I think, oh man, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> uh, I think confidence has always been there. It's just my lack of maybe time on the quad and preparation and just 
kind of being motivated during the week to put in that extra, the extra little bit. And uh, I think going into the this off season, I have I have some sponsors that are stepping up, and you know it it is it's motivating me to be. I want to be in that top five battle. I want to make it a six way battle. Let's just say, and uh, I think I can do it. I have the resources. I have the people around me. I have the riders to train with it's all just putting the pieces of the puzzle together at this point and uh i think i can do it i I truly do and i'm i'm more excited for 2021 now that i am going into this last race i do have to just finish to get that eighth place and uh that will be my best number ever which i can't overlook that because a lot of people have tried and maybe never even broke the top 10 so to get that far in my career i'm i'm happy you know but uh just me being me i want more i would say yeah and uh like caleb russell he put out a video he's always saying like it was his retirement video he says what's next you know we're always thinking of what's next what's next and uh i think i i think i am you know, already thinking, what what can I do more already, you know? And I know there's a lot more in Josh Merritt than I've been showing people. So <laughs> it's uh, it's exciting to get to the next level and uh, show everybody what I can do. That's awesome, man. I mean, to even be in and around that top 10 pace um, at a national GNCC, I can't, I can't even imagine that speed let alone being there consistent. So, I mean, your hard work is showing and it's showing that it pays off and it's awesome to hear you wanting to dig more and uh, um, even, you know, um, grow more as a racer and get your um, even better finishes in the 2021 season. Um, Do you, uh, I wanted to talk to you about your Daytona experience. Um, Going into that, did you have much, um, um, motocross preparation or was that kind of uh how much you know preparation did you have going into that race so i've rode a uh set up yamaha wives e450r for motocross two times before i went or we'll say three times before i went into daytona two times were in france and then the day before daytona I rode the bike for the first time that I was going to race. And uh, BNR supplied the quad. It was uh, Nick Janus's old quad. And uh, Ryan put in some engine work and a little bit of tuning. And uh, so some uh, he put his uh, BNR triple rate Fox Springers on the front and tuned the back shock for me. Obviously, because I, I think I weigh probably... 40 more pounds than Nick Janusa. (laughs) (laughs) Those motocross guys are pretty, pretty small. So, uh, just wanted to go out there and like, I didn't have any time on this quad. We we probably rode for maybe a half hour the day before the race and, uh, cleaned her up, loaded her up. And Ryan was like, all right, I'll meet there in the morning. (laughs) So I was staying in, St. Augustine about an hour away and this is in between our Florida and Georgia round. So uh I already raced the week before. You know, I was in really, really good shape because I was at uh the Glottis house. I was doing CrossFit, 
probably five to six times a week and probably riding once or twice a week. And uh, so off of Florida, everybody's like, oh, you're going to be tired. You're going to be tired. Your hands are going to beat up, going to be beat up. Um, and I was like perfectly like I was so amped. I think I just had adrenaline running through me for the next <laughs> week, <laughs> ready to go racing again because I was like, man, you know what? I get to tell my kids I get to, I got to race in Daytona Speedway one day. So I took as many pictures and videos as I could. And uh, we went out there. We had some fun. Yeah, that's, I mean, I was going to ask you what, what it was like just walking into Daytona Speedway, looking around, seeing all the sights, like just knowing and understanding all the history, uh, whether it be Supercross or, you know, NASCAR, whatever. But, like, um, I'm sure that was just a, you know, once-in-a-lifetime experience to, to have. Yeah, so I stayed in a hotel um, actually the night before because I didn't want to drive that hour. I was probably 10 minutes away. You had to be there at like 5, 5.30. I think track walk was at like 6. So the lights were on around the speedway, going under the tunnel, just, you know, just it all building up. And luckily, I'm really good friends with uh, Chad Weenan, and he was uh, up and ready to go. So I kind of waited and talked to him because my quad wasn't going to be there until – probably an hour before uh, practice. So I had a few hours to just hang out and I just had my gear and my truck at the time and uh, just hung out with Chad Weenan, the champ, and kind of relaxed. He kind of put me at ease because he could tell I was all worked up and I was just out there for the day and he's (laughs) out there going for a championship. So it uh, it was bittersweet just being around him and Joel and kind of just taking it all in just a little at a time and it it was it was a it was a life-changing opportunity that's for sure that's that's incredible man and we're i mean that's that's awesome to hear and see um now correct if i'm wrong but you had to qualify to get into the main event right uh you just had a i think they took everybody oh okay gotcha but you had to qualify for a gate pick okay and uh i I did pretty, I did decent, I would say, for only having 30 minutes on the quad, and <laughs> I almost beat Joel Hetrick because he got in that first corner wreck, and <laughs> right. he passed me on the last lap, <laughs> and uh, it, it was pretty funny. Uh, I wasn't going to put up much of a fight. It's not my battle to be in. If he'd uh, just taken, taken a couple seconds longer to get back up, you know, what kind of bragging rights would you have had for the rest of oh, your life? <laughs> I would have never let him down. Uh, I hang out with Joel a lot, and uh, when he ever comes out and rides uh, some hair scramble or if he's practicing with Cole Richardson, uh, I'm always there. So I get, I get to talk to him. So I definitely would have used that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, what, what's more nerve-wracking, the 10-second call for GNCC or uh, a gate drop at, the, at Daytona? You know what? It's, it's kind of – that's that's kind of funny that you say that. Uh, both have their positives and negatives. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> I guess it depends on who you're lined up against <laughs> at the GNCC. I have a couple of people that I hate lining up next to because maybe it's just bad juju or <laughs> something. <laughs> Some bad past experiences. <laughs> yeah, a lot of bad 
past experiences. I don't know why, but it always happens. But uh, I would say probably motocross because those guys, man, they are out for blood. Because if <laughs> they don't get a start, the race is over, you know? Right. So they are going into that corner all thinking they're going to get the whole shot. When <laughs> when we're in GNCC, we kind of look <laughs> to our left and right, and we're like, all right, he's going to be here, you're going to be there, and we can just settle this in the rest of the two hours, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you don't have to uh, decide a life or death situation uh, going yeah. into a first, first turn. That's, you know, the race is only, you know, just a very short amount of time. Those guys are, are, are incredible and insane um, on the ATV motocross side. So just lining up with them when you're not really um, experienced with those guys, I'm sure. I mean, because, you know, I think I've heard you say that you um, raced another ATV motocross uh, at South of the Border. Am I right? Yeah, South of the Border. I took a full stalker there and I raced, <laughs> I think it was uh, like a A-class Okay. And I think in junior, John Galata Jr. raced with me, and he was on a woods bike with small tires. Okay. And, <laughs> and I had tire balls and big tires on the stalker. And we went out there and we raced. We were dead last off the start because I think we were like three times as heavy as everybody else <laughs> on the line. And we had small engines, and these guys probably had fully built engines. But we battled, I think we got like sixth and seventh in the class, <laughs> and it was so much fun. We had we had a blast. It was, it was great. Say, since, since we're on the subject of ATV motocross, what do you think about Hetrick going over to Yamaha from the Honda? Well, think- all I can say is it's about time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I've gave uh, Joel so much crap over all the years, and I'm sure all of his friends have too, of – Chad coming out on top and when are you going to switch and all this, you know, I hope he did it for the right reasons. Uh, and I hope he has success on it. I mean, Yamaha obviously is dominating every, you know, GNCC and ATV motocross over the few years, last few years. And hopefully he can continue it and have some success. And I think, uh, him supporting, uh, a brand that's still coming out with a quad is the way to go as I think everybody should be doing because, uh, you know, Honda hasn't made a quad in how many years and these guys are still buying parts and whatnot. Maybe if you guys, maybe if they stopped buying parts, they would come out with another four-wheeler. I don't know. That's just... We're right there with you. We had this same discussion last week on our episode, and uh, you kind of make me almost almost feel bad for having a Honda sitting right beside (laughs) me in the garage right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just like supporting people that are going to support the sport. So, at the end of the day, am I a huge Yamaha fan? Have I always been on a Yamaha? Yes, but... I also think of it like that because it's like, wow, our, you know, these are the only, the only manufacturer out there that's still pushing our sport. And that's just, I want to see, hopefully I have kids one day and I can have them on a Yamaha or any quad at this point. And uh, hopefully it's just still around, you know. Yeah, that's kind of like what we were, what you just said a little bit ago is kind of what we were saying last week. You know, maybe if you see 
if these other manufacturers would see, you know, 90% of the quads out there are Yamahas, they might kind of wake up and say, maybe we should jump back in the game and help, help these guys out as well and give Yamaha a little bit of competition. But, you know, like right now, I mean, the evidence is, is showing, look at, look at the wins that Yamaha is just racking up on, on both, you know, AT motocross and uh, GNCC. So uh, the proof is kind of in the pudding when it comes to that. So it's kind of funny that you say that. Uh, where is that? I, so I'm in a I'm in a group chat with a couple of people, and they actually did some statistics. And from 2017 to 2020, before this race, Yamaha had 45 wins, Honda had three wins, and Suzuki had two. Wow! Just, <laughs> just in GNCC ATV overall wins. So that's I, I mean, yeah, that, that's a that's a pretty staggering stat. So. Um, yeah, I mean, go Yamaha. It's, yeah, it's awesome to see that. It's awesome to see them some su supporting the sport, um, and continuing to, uh, uh, prepare. I mean, when you see, um, uh, Walker and, uh, Chad Wienan on, on commercials on TV, uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of proof right there that they're behind the sport and not just the two wheel side of it. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. That's probably the coolest thing, you know, I have friends taking videos of that and sending it to me that I went to high school with and they're like, is that that guy you race against? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to have, you know, that out there and, you know, just that if they're at a sports bar and that goes through, maybe that will, you know, gain some traction. And I, you know, Yamaha has this all figured out, I'm sure, but it's, it's just awesome to see them put the, the effort into a sport that I love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one other question that I was wanting to ask you about um, before we start wrapping it up is uh, your international races. Um, uh, talk to us a little bit about like the, and not, you don't have to go into great detail, but just kind of the experience of racing internationally and um, where that ranks for you on your kind of all time list of uh, accomplishments. So I've raced in uh, Pointe, de, Pointe de Vue, France, two times, 2018 and 20, wait, yeah, 2018 and 2019. And uh, it's a 12-hour race. It's split up into a couple different sections. So we race at night some days. We race during the day some days. It's a three-day event. So just 12, 12 hours split up into a couple of, couple different sections and uh i also raced in croatia and that was just the motocross so the point of view i i truly think is by far one of the best races i've ever been in and uh i i would love to go back every single year and do it every single year just because you know setting a quad up for two teammates that has to make it 12 hours. So it has to be fast and it has to be reliable. You have to have, you know, everything perfect for 12 hours straight. And if one thing goes wrong, you're either not going to finish or you're not going to be in the top 20. So you have to be that perfect. And it just the, the crowd and the excitement, the buildup, this whole town just comes alive and the parties and the lights 
they have a ceremony before the race actually and every single person in the contest in the race they call it a contest uh they go up on stage they thank their sponsors they thank you know their family all these people and the whole this whole town is watching you you're on the loudspeakers so uh you get to thank the people that are helping you out and then you guys all get in a line through the town and then after every single person goes and like the top guys go kind of last and uh after we all get through every single person runs down the town on their four-wheelers so people are giving high fives and you know people are drinking and hanging out and watching these four-wheelers these builds with you know 20 30 40 grand into them go down this road and before they're all destroyed (laughs) and you know seeing just these beautiful machines and then you have all this hype and all that and then you have to go to sleep that's the worst part because it's not even race day tomorrow the next day is race day so just doing that it's just like i went there a week before uh almost a week before the race in 2018 and then in 2019 i actually went out uh, two weeks before the race and got to hang out with Patrick, my, my teammate and Paulo. And, uh, we went sightseeing. We went, I went out to Monaco for a little bit. I was in the, the mountains of Italy. I was on the beaches of Italy and France. It, it was, I got, it was just beautiful. The whole situation, the families I got to hang out with, you know, they're, they're a racing family, just like any, racing family over here they're gonna treat you like you're their kid and do whatever you know it takes to make you happy so and they did that they went above and beyond and i can't thank them enough for everything that they've done and truly the only reason i got this opportunity is because i was i was hanging out playing xbox one night and uh chad weenan actually called me up and he's like yo what's up um and i was like you know, I didn't want to tell him I was playing Xbox. <laughs> Tra- I'm training. Like, I'm on the bike. <laughs> just, just hanging out. What, what's up? Yeah. It's like, hey, uh, you know, we got that race in France in a few months. Can you get a passport and you want to go? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you don't have to give me an answer right now. I was like, no, I, I'm going. He's like, well, you just let me know. You know, just make sure everything's good to go. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be going. So I'm just telling you now, don't. Don't ask anybody else. I said, <laughs> I'm going. So I go into work next the next day. I was actually working at a car dealership. And I went up to the GM. And I was like, hey, I need these days off. If not, I'm quitting. <laughs> I knew if I didn't do this, I would regret it for the rest of my life. I can get whatever job, whatever place, any other time. But I'm going to go do this. And he actually let me off, which was surprising. <laughs> I was fully prepared to quit and uh, went out there, had a blast, and then actually got to do it the next year and do it for longer. Went the week and a half before the race, hung out, did all that, and then raced and then went to Croatia and raced out there. And the people out there are just so amazing. The, the cool thing is, is that it's kind of like a GNCC because you got people coming from everywhere, but over there it's 
other countries. So the guy next to you might be speaking Italian, the other guy, uh, Spanish, you know, you got the Breton group, you know, all these other guys. And the cool thing is, is I got the Jersey swap. A lot of them. I, I took a lot the second year just so I could get a Jersey from them. And I fought, we all follow each other on Instagram and Snapchat. So I'm always keeping up with their racing over there. And it's, I've made some friendships that will uh, hopefully last a lifetime. And if I ever go over, I can, you know, message one of them up and be like, yo, I'm out here. You guys want to hang out or can I have a place to stay or something like that? So it, it was, it was truly one of the best experiences I've ever had. That's so cool. So now I just happen to think of this being over there and racing against these people that are, um, you know, from different countries and all that stuff, you know, like their language is different. What they eat is different. Do they ride different? Is that, is that, do they race like different or is it kind of like the same as once you're, you know, in the helmet and uh, on the bike, is it the kind of the same as back here in the U S I would say the only thing that's different is a little bit of the bike setup, but, it, the quad that I was on was pretty much a Chad Weenan quad. He okay. was one of our main sponsors. So he kind of sent stuff over. He had suspension, all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't like our bike was really weird. We did run a bigger tank than uh, our IMS tank. They actually have a bigger one over there that you don't run side plastics on a Yamaha. You just run the tank. So it's that's the only thing that was different. And then you run, you have to run a taller steering stem because you can't have your bars lower than the gas tank overseas oh okay other than that the quads are a lot quieter because their sound restrictions are way way higher than ours so you could literally like people will be doing 70 miles per hour by you because this track over there it's like i think we were running three minute long three and a half minute long laps so it's a it's a short lap on this 12 hour race but at one straightaway, we're hitting 70 miles per hour, 60, 70 miles per hour. And you can have a full out conversation while these quads are going by because they're not that loud. <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty crazy. I can only imagine like such short lap times. Um, I'm sure it'd be kind of like hard to keep your focus. I don't know. That would seem weird. Just like the same section over and over and over again for 12 hours. I mean, I know you guys were taking switches uh, or, you know, you're um, pitting and changing riders and everything, but that's, that's gotta be like a, a lot of like uh, mental strength you would have to do to do that race. Yes. Yeah, so the first year I actually ran six of the 12 hours and uh, the first year I was out there and I think at the end I knew where every single bump, every single <laughs> rock, little divot in the ground was because that's how many laps I did but it's actually funny the second year I actually was like falling asleep in between race days and you can still like because the quads are going around the entire time because when we're not out there there's other races there's a contest another contest a four hour and it's just a two-person team or you can do it by yourself and so they're racing and then they have a dirt bike uh, two hour race that's just you know out there also on different times obviously and I could I would be falling asleep and I could hear you know my quad going down and I was you know 
before I fell asleep, I, I would like shift. I, I could feel my foot. <laughs> because I, I was like kind of still going around the track and my mind still racing around the track just for the next day. And I would wake up and I would just smile and be like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> and, and yeah, that was, that was a good experience. And all I, all I truly remember is, uh, 2018, uh, we had a lot of bike, we had a couple bike issues. Um, you know, it was, it was really tough on me and I took it, you know, I just wanted to go out there and I wanted to prove myself. And with the bike issues, I couldn't. So uh, I actually got to cross the finish line and we finished, which is glory in itself because a lot of people go out there and their bikes, you know, I we were parked next to a, people that went through three different engines and they're rebuilding these bikes, you know, during, you have to do it during the race. You can't do it while they all go into like fenced area. So you can't touch them when we're not racing. So you okay. can only touch them when you're racing or pitted. So these guys went through three engines and they didn't even get to do quarter of the laps and the riders were all upset and whatnot. So the fact that I got to go out and finish the race and just cross that finish line, you know, that was, that was, that's something I'll never forget. And, uh, the next year I, you know, I did it again and, I'm just hoping I can go out there and, you know, put a top, I would take a top 10 out there. The teams out there are awesome. Uh, there, there's some teams that go in all in and just want want to win that race. So they have two, three personal teams under a big tent. So, Oh, I see. So they'll have, you know, six to nine riders with three of their bikes ready to go. And so they have three chances of winning this thing. So it makes it, it makes it tough and it's a lot of money. All right, we're back. <laughs> Low budget podcast problems. My phone just died. So uh, Josh, we got you back on the phone just to wrap it up uh, real quick. But um, yeah, I'm sure that was a pretty uh, awesome experience being able to be overseas and, and, and do all that stuff. And that's got to rank up there rank up there for you with one of the best experiences that, you know, quads have ever been able to give you. Yeah. And, uh, it's pretty crazy that a quad did let me go overseas, a quad let me race in Daytona Speedway and a quad let me meet the people that I've met in my life. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We really appreciate you giving us your time. Um, I told you, uh, 20 minutes and we've been on here for almost 45 minutes, but, uh, we definitely appreciate your time. And, uh, where can everybody find you? Uh, just at Josh Merritt 11 on Instagram and then probably just Josh Merritt on Facebook. I'll probably pop up on there, but, uh, hopefully I'll be switching my Instagram name soon. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Merritt eight. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's available and hopefully, uh, I'll do that after the next round after it's official i don't want to jinx myself so <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and one more question all right my wife wants me to ask all of our guests if you had to choose only one uh fast food restaurant and one candy for the rest of your life what would it be <laughs> one fast food restaurant and one candy Whew. Uh, <laughs> toughest question of the podcast <laughs> i would say 
definitely Chick-fil-A. Does that count? Oh, that definitely counts. That definitely counts. Okay. <laughs> uh, when I went down to North Carolina and lived with the Galatas, I ate a lot of Chick-fil-A. And uh, Junior got me caught up on that. So definitely <laughs> that. And then I'm a huge chocolate fan. So I would just take like mini Hershey Kisses, just straight dark chocolate. And I'll just eat some of those and have me some milk with it. And that would that'd be my candy. There you go. That's 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 some good answers. Uh, I, I'm a huge Chick Fil A fan myself, so you can't beat that. <laughs> but uh, hey, again, Josh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, man. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for Josh or coming on and speaking with us. It was great having you, man. And um, now let's move on to how the weekend went with everybody else. Yeah. Um, so Josh ended up finishing seventh overall this weekend, and he covered his story and how that happened. And uh, we're going to go ahead and go and uh, touch on the rest of the group. I mean, what really is there else to say besides uh, Bryce and Neil just dominated uh, up front this weekend? Yeah, he, um, <laughs> man, he, he pulled the whole shot and never looked back. I I was, you know, you're watching it on there, and I think he has like almost up to, it was almost a 30 second lead at one point. And I tell you what, what was crazy was that um, Iron Man Hill, mm-hmm. man, that <laughs> creek, and, and and for the quads, I don't know if the if the quads pushed it all the water out, but the bikes the next day when it wasn't as deep, it didn't look like, yeah, maybe just because of the suspension travel and how close the quads sit to the ground. But man, this quad, they were going through there real nice and easy, and the first couple guys looked like up over their fenders. Yeah, it was definitely deep, deeper than I thought it would be for sure. Evidently, they had some some rain out there to to deepen that that water up a little bit. But yeah, Bryson Neal got out front, and you know Walker Fowler was in the booth, and he'd even said that Bryson's either going to win or he's going to break the quad. He definitely uh, he definitely put on a show, that's for sure. It was it was awesome to see that. Uh, I think I called that, didn't I? That win. You did. You did. Hey. <laughs> Unfortunately, Fowler, you know, he decided not to uh, race the last couple of rounds, so kind of messed with my podium. Uh, I don't know. Did he not? Did he say that he wasn't racing the, the final yeah. round? Yeah, he's done. He's not. He's yeah, done he's, for the season. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. him and Yamaha. They, they. He said him and Yamaha got together, and they just said it probably wasn't worth it. Just go ahead and heal it for next season, and uh, probably go win another one. So right. Okay. <laughs> Um, but I tell you what, the track was a lot different than what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Uh, it had some moisture on the ground. It had some moisture on the ground. It looked like it was tacky and, you know, fast. It looked I, really fast. I tell you, after watching that, I was like, man, I wanted to go ride that because <laughs> I like the fast section. So yeah. I was like, man, it looks fun besides uh, Iron Man uh, Hill there. That, that, that didn't look any fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad that Racer TV had that uh, – had that uh, camera right there at the bottom of Ironman Hill because it it provided a lot of really good content for both the quads and the bikes. Honestly, you probably could have watched that live feed all day long and not really had to go to any any other cameras because that was uh, that was where a lot of the action was happening. A lot of the race was decided there. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we get to the bike side, well, there's a big big happening that happened there right there, but we'll get that in a second. But uh, also, Hunter Hart um, oh, yeah. lost his podium position there when he uh, kind of got cross rutted and got sideways and coming out of that creek. That's right. That's right. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. So um, none other than the sneaky snake snuck in there for that third place position. But I tell you what, Cole Richardson. With as fast as Bryson was running, Cole Cole was not far off. So that was uh, that was awesome to see him up there. And those two are just—I mean, their speed is just 
unbelievable right now. So you got to think Walker is sitting there in that booth thinking like, oh man, like these guys are flying and, and uh, um, they're coming into 2021 and I'm not, I, I'm allowing them to, to get that momentum. So I'd like to think that you're going to see some pretty close finishes and close rides for next year starting out the season. I think these two especially are going to have a point to prove and trying to go for that championship. Yeah, I mean, um, Bryson Neal and Cole Richardson and um, also Jerry McCourt, uh, that, you know, those guys are separating themselves. You know, as Josh was saying, you know, you have your, you have your two groups, you have like your top five, and then you have, the, you know, their other ones. So those guys are definitely top five guys almost every week, unless, you know, like Bryson Neal wants to break a bike in every now and then. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, so it'll, it'll be great and interesting for, uh, especially next year, but they still have one more round to go. So, uh, I think Cole Richardson and Bryson Neal are battling for that second place spot. And it's pretty close too. I don't think it I don't think it's very far off. I think I think they're only a handful of points separating them. So I think it's four maybe. Oh. I think uh, Bryson has them by four, so oh, well I think um, they were tied. Uh, going in, and then Bryson won, so that's what gave him the, up, uh, the upper hand right now. Right, so so that'll be uh, that'll be definitely the the main race to watch between those two for that second place position. Got to get that. Got to get that money. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And then I heard Cole um, on the podium saying some interesting things about you know really wanting to hopefully get a lot of his sponsors secured for next year. And you would think there's no way that, that, you know, sponsors would let that guy uh, not be on the best equipment for next season because, uh, you know, he's one of the class of the field. He's, he's proven his worth and uh, you know, he makes that class better oh, yeah. being up there in the, in the top consistent battle. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm sure he'll have some good sponsors. He's probably thinking, man, what a crazy year 2020 was, and hopefully 2021 will be better. And then, you know, hopefully some sponsors um, step up, you know, after the rough year everybody's had and um, is able to do sponsorships, you know, next year to, to have the money. And hopefully, you know, everybody is and rebounds. And I'm sure, I'm sure he'll get a good uh, all of his sponsors back. Yeah. Yep. So obviously, Jared McClure finishing out, uh, closing out the box. Uh, Hunter Harden in fourth. John Glotta Jr. in fifth. Borsch in sixth, and our boy uh, Josh Merritt in seventh. Um, that was pretty interesting hearing about his battle with with uh, Wesley Wolf coming down to the finish line. Yeah, I mean, you know, we watched that. I didn't, I didn't see it really happen. So to get the inside goop there, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's some that's some cool stuff that you know we're excited to be able to bring on this podcast. That maybe you know other. I mean, we didn't know exactly what happened. I'm sure a lot of other people didn't know either. But we got uh, Josh Merritt's take on it, and um, like again, we huge shout out to him for coming on to this podcast. Two guys calling him up that he doesn't even know and. Uh, and doing a really good job on this, uh, we're we're excited to, uh, um, you know, maybe uh, have him back on before uh, next season and get his take on on the next season coming up. Um, that's about all I have for the uh, ATVs. Do you want to move on to the dirt bikes? Yeah, we'll go ahead and move on to the um, the two wheelers. That was a really good. I tell you, uh, the battle on that bike side was incredible, especially down to the last lap. Um, you didn't know which way it was going to swing. But uh, Josh Strang had to break that Stu that Baylor. Yamaha, yeah. yeah, had to break that <laughs> Stu Baylor uh, winning streak. Yeah, it, the battle came down to those two right, right on the last lap. And I think if you were watching the Racer TV broadcast, you know exactly what happened. Going back to that Ironman Hill, um, Stu had a little bit of a tip over at the top of Ironman Hill, and that's kind of what ended up costing him the uh, chance at uh, at making a move for the finish. I'm really surprised they he kept they kept running that same line because that line, even on the quads, 
uh, on the quad day, it was getting rough and rougher. And then the bikes, um, a lot of people were having, I, I saw DeLong was having some issues a couple of laps before that up that hill. And um, if, if you would have thought maybe he would have tried a different line, but maybe that was the fastest, maybe they, they both fell as fast as line. I, I'm not sure, but you would have thought Stu would have tried a different line. Yeah. Um, what I thought was kind of crazy was is after he uh, uh, let the bike slide back down the hill, he ended up going back up the same line almost <laughs> as a point like – I can make this line. <laughs> he almost didn't make it back up. It was, oh, gosh, that would have been awful. He got to the awful. top. I think he, a couple of fans might have grabbed him through the bike and pulled him up. <laughs> that would have been awful if he didn't make it back up <laughs> oh, again. Oh, man. But, I mean, even with that, though, and I don't know how much um, – I don't know how much Strang let off right there at the end uh, after he realized that uh, Stu wasn't right behind him anymore. But Stu ended up pulling back within five seconds of him at the finish line. And we know that, you know, watching him fall off the bike at the top of the hill and let it slide back down, riding it back down, riding it back up, he, he lost a good 30, 40 seconds just doing that. So Yeah, um, Ben Kelly almost caught him. Yeah, um, and then, ben, and then <clears throat> him and Ben Kelly about ran Strang down. So, I mean – Two-hour races coming down to uh, three guys battling for the win like that. You can't really ask for much, you much three, else. You mean three hours? We're oh. We're bike riders. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so, I mean, I know we're losing, uh, we're losing the champ going into uh, 2021, but you got to think that, that the 2021 season on the bike side is going to be another depth of a field with a lot of guys coming back to uh, to prove a point and uh, and win. So I'm interested to see how this last race goes uh, in the season and see who uh, who comes out on top and who takes that momentum going into the off season. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, as you look, Stu Baylor, Josh Strang, and Ben Kelly right now are your top three guys as I'm looking at it going into next season. I mean, Ben Kelly's been on the podium consistently. Um, Strang it seems like he's over that shoulder. Um, He's coming strong, and um, you know he just got his you know a victory this weekend. And um, Thad Duvall, um, as long as he can stay healthy, that you know he's fast, and he will be up there competing with wins. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how everything shakes out next year. And um, but we still have we still have one more race to go, and it'd be inter- it, it was really cool as it come, it's coming back to uh, West Virginia. So. Home state race oh, for, right. for Thad. So uh, I, I think he he had a few struggles in the race this past weekend, and it seemed like at one point in time I see, even saw him get off the bike and it looked like he popped a piece of plastic back in. Um, it looked like he just kind of ha- didn't really get to show what he had there. But did you end up – did you see the pass that he made on Caleb Russell in that creek crossing? No, I don't think I've seen that. Okay, so it was right before the hill climb. And I don't know if you saw where a lot of the guys were riding through through the creek, and then there was a rock section uh, that guys would kind of jump off into the creek. Yeah. And uh, he passed uh, Caleb right there, <clears throat> getting ready to go up the Ironman Hill. And uh, that was pretty exciting to watch, too. So, you know, you can tell he's feeling it and he's ready to go. I just think that maybe – that time off the bike is kind of showing, and he's he's needing to kind of sharpen his uh, tools up a little bit. And uh, I think he's going to be obviously a major, major player coming into the uh, 2021 season. And then, you know, we can't forget about the hometown boy, 
uh, Lane Michael because he put another solid ride in too. He's got the speed. Oh yeah, he he was looking good. Um, I was really impressed. I thought he was going to get another. I thought he was going to get a podium the way he was riding there at first because he would run him down. Man, he he was right on the back of him and and couldn't seem like you could get the pass. Um, unfortunately, but he's right there. He's got the speed, and um, I would say coming in West, you know, back to West Virginia. Um, up there around kind of where he's from, I, I would say he's got uh, the upper hand coming in here yeah. in a couple weeks. Yeah, I, I agree. And and you, you got to look at him as another player coming into the next season as well. Um, so it was a uh, – for Caleb Russell, he just finished just off the podium. I think I called that as well, maybe? <laughs> he, had, he, had some, he had some issues. He went, <laughs> he got actually got together with a lap rider and went down and yeah. then – Looked like he bent one of his levers that he had to adjust in the pits. Well, actually, yeah, I think he did. It looked like he was adjusting his throttle, but a lot of times that's all connected together sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. Maybe um, couldn't overgrip good enough or something to hold a wide open. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so going into his last race ever as – I shouldn't say ever. He might show up for another GNCC now and again. But this is his last race uh, for all purposes as the champion, as the – the the goat of uh, GNCC uh, dirt bike racing, I bet you that's a lot of emotions going through him, uh, going into his last race and, and trying to figure that that kind of out you know emotionally because that's you know, this has been his whole life and this is what he's stri- strived for and uh, he you know he's going out on top. Not many people get to go out the way that he is going to be able to go out this next weekend. Yeah, I mean um, it's always an emotional uh, for these guys. You know they put their heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears into every, you know, for years and years and years since he was probably a kid, just pretty much dedicating everything to, to racing. And uh, it's always a um, an emotional time and, to, you know, to pull back from the sport. But you never know. You might see him pop out and, you know, do, do races every now and then. And uh, I'm sure this last one is going to be kind of exciting for him. And, and you know, uh, and kind of depressing, but – I'd say he's going to go out with a bang. I'm excited to see if he does anything um, different for uh, this last round. Yeah, I mean, uh, it would be pretty cool. Maybe he goes out and, you know, uh, maybe rides a two-smoker or something. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, maybe a retro set of gear or something, throwing it back to back when he was a kid. Because uh, kind of the options are limited so, or are unlimited. Um, you know, it's kind of his time to, to shine and uh, – it, it'll be cool to, to, to see him get to be honored that last race. What did you think of the uh, ceremony that he had the, the night before the race where they uh, unveiled that, that KR577 edition uh, KTM? Yeah, that thing the th- looks... The 350, right? Yeah, that thing yeah. looks sweet. I'd, I'd like to try one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just seals like your your name in the record books. When a manufacturer thinks that much of you and makes a limited edition with your name on it, I mean, you're you go you're going down as one of the greatest all time for sure. Yeah, and it's pretty cool to see on the happening on the off road side on the GNCC side. A lot of times you see like the um, uh, the Cooper Webb, the Marvin Moose Scan, the Ryan Dungey editions, and and uh, you know you have your other ones through other manufacturers, and to, to see. Um, an off-road guy getting his own bike and his own on the showroom floor. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. So, uh, yeah, with that being said, you know, we're excited to see that this last uh, GNCC race of the year. Uh, we're going to cover that race, kind of give our take on what we think is going to happen next week. When we get to it, uh, yeah, that'll be 
That'll be fun to, to cover. Um, last race of the season, you know, everybody tries to go out with a bang on the last race of the season, and uh, we'll see we'll see who comes out on top. So we'll kind of start the show. We'll kind of uh, go back to where we normally start. How was your weekend this weekend? What'd you get up uh, doing? Well, we ended up going to Breezewood. I took a couple of days off work. Um, we went to Breezewood on Friday, and man, I got two laps in, and my clutch faded. Typical um, Husky uh, issue there. But I ordered a part. We should be in, and. Uh, <clears throat> my son got the got the ride. Dan went with us. He got to spend some time up there. Breezewood's pretty cool. They got a couple different tracks, um, intermediate, advanced track, and a kids track. So if you ever get a t- chance, go up there, check them out. It's a great great facility. All kinds of cool stuff. But yeah, it's um, uh, actually got the ride. Dan's three hundred uh, two strokes. So that thing's sick. I'd like to try that in the woods sometime. Yeah, that's pretty cool. How about you, did you get anything? Get any riding in? Or I anything? went hunting. It's hunting season. It man. is. It is hunting season. Bro. Yeah, out there with a bow, not shooting anything. <laughs> Freezing your nads off. <laughs> so uh, this coming weekend, uh, we might be at the same race. It's possible. It's very possible. I, I like I said, I really like that track out there at the wilderness, and uh, I haven't done a hair scramble all year, so I might squeeze one in. That'd be the one to squeeze in. I mean, Mountain State Hair Scrambles. It's the last race at the wilderness in Salem. Good track. They're going to be having uh, some trick-or-treating for the kids after the race, so after the quad race, after all the races is over. So it should be a good time. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, I would like to see you out there, Brandon. It'd be fun to actually be at the same track at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like I said, I've, I, I'm really thinking about it. I've been telling the wife, like, hey, you know, I might go run this race, and, you know, it's pretty close to home, and um, usually a lot of good friends that I like to catch up with, like Bob and and some other guys that usually show up out there, and uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to go out there. I think I think that's what I'm going to do. There we go. There we go. So, well, guys, I think that's a wrap for the show. Again, huge, huge thank you to Josh Merritt for coming on and giving us his time and uh, uh, coming on our show as the first guest for Splitline Off Road. Make sure you guys go on our Instagram page and follow us. Comment. Anybody that you would want to see come on, um, and shoot, if you yourself want to come on, give us a little uh, um, comment or a um, or a message uh, via Instagram and let us know uh, what you guys think. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, we're on Spotify, and uh, a Facebook page should be coming soon. I think we're getting kind of legit enough to uh, <laughs> to get a Facebook page, and um, we, we really appreciate the, the support that we've gotten from you guys, and uh, we're excited just to keep this thing growing, and you know what, this is this is number eight, so we're going eight weeks strong, two months in a row. We're excited to go into the off-season and get into some uh, silly season talk, get into some interviews, um, talk about uh, past races, talk about good times that we've had around racing, and hopefully we can get some uh, some guests on that we know and, uh, and uh, just have a good time with it. Uh, everybody, safe travels uh, this weekend if you're going riding, and uh, keep it safe out there, guys. Now, we don't got a... Uh, exit song to go to this weekend so uh, i'll just have brandon sing to you guys (laughs) yeah (laughs) later guys have a good weekend thank you for uh, joining us on the split line off-road podcast peace